Episode number 11 of the Bearded and Nerdy Podcast, your home for news and reviews on some of the biggest events in superhero culture. We're talking movies, TV shows, comics, conventions, and anime today. I am your host, Michael Georgie, and today I have not just my co-host, Duncan Miller, but we also brought Brad Burkhart back into the fold. Duncan, say hi to the people. Hi, people. And then, Brad, you also say hi to the people. Hello, people. Awesome. All right, so today, it's a little different. So, we've... I've kind of in the past touched on how we don't talk anime on this podcast. Even though we all like anime, we don't talk about it simply because there's a lot going on in terms of like, there's a lot of anime all the time. There's just so much. Right. None of us are really mm-hmm. authorities. We could have a whole podcast just about anime. And there are, yep. there are podcasts. And there are. <laughs> and, yep. and they do it way better than us. So, uh, but alas, <laughs> Duncan just drop dropped a cellular device. That's all right. It's all good. We press onward once more onto the breach. So, before we get into our topic of today, and we're all very excited about this topic because it's it's current. We're going to be talking about our top three My Hero Academia moments. And at the time we're recording this, the new season, season four, just aired. We just got episode one. We tried to get it done beforehand, but, you know, nope. life. Life, life happens. Man. Life happens. Absolutely. And that's okay. But before we get into our top three moments, we have our segments. And the first of which as always, is what have we been into this week? Basically, we discuss, you know, the other pop culture endeavors that we've been into, some of our other fandoms, the things that we like to ingest that are not superhero related. And I figured, Duncan, why don't we start with you? So I'm going to break the rules you just set out. Because we are not talking about superhero related stuff, I am going to talk about superhero related thing. Uh, I saw Joker this weekend. Oh, and yeah. I went with my friends. We got in there. Oh, man. Oh, oh. man. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm boy. sure there will be a whole podcast there, just about well, that. There kind of has to be because, I mean, I, I, I too saw Joker. Yes. And, um, Brad, have you seen Joker yet? I have not. Oh, oh you oh, need to. Oh, boy. Oh, man. It yeah, is, everyone's told me. Everyone's it is told a ride. me. And,. So, I mean, we've kind of already hit on it. Duncan, did you like that movie? I like that movie a lot. Oh, <laughs> like, a ton. Um, you know, and of course, we'll definitely get into this on, like, another podcast. Right. But it didn't watch, like, a superhero no, movie. No, 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 no. It almost doesn't even feel like I should have had that earlier caveat. Like, it was just a movie. Mm-hmm. a th- I guess what you might call a thriller or whatever, if that's a, a real genre. Mm-hmm. Um it definitely does not feel like a superhero movie at all. It's got some really, really amazing performances. Like, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix killed it. But of course. I think pretty much everyone else in the cast also did an amazing were, job. Yeah, if there are any weak points in that movie, it doesn't come from the cast. No. And some great little Batman Easter eggs in there. Some great, But not too many. Exactly. Right. Not too many. Not too much... Now, I was really, I was really, really glad 
that there wasn't too much, and we're not going to get into this because you haven't seen it, but like... Right. Well, my thing is, I heard it. Wa- it's a lot very similar in terms of like watchability to like The Dark Knight. It, like I heard, it's very similar in terms of the approach the film takes. Uh, that's what I, I heard still, from. I get why people would yeah. say that, but I still kind of disagree. I think this is even further from the superhero gotcha. genre than Dark Knight. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely probably the least superhero superhero movie one can one could create right it's 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 i mean it's awesome point blank so brad what about you well now i'm gonna go back into the realm of superheroes okay let's just do and, it let's uh, just, yeah. sorry georgie uh, i just i just uh, killed your whole segment right. we're good we're good <laughs> dc's crisis on infinite earths that's taking place on the small screen has like announced its many cast of characters including three very important supermen being Tyler Hecklin, uh, Tom Welling returning, reprising his role from Smallville, and Brandon Routh returning from his movie Superman Returns as the Kingdom Come Superman. The highly acclaimed Brandon Routh. Highly acclaimed <laughs> Brandon Routh. He wasn't bad. It, it, the movie was... Him and Kevin Spacey were the two best parts of that movie, and the movie just sucked that around. That comment did not age well. It did not. <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> that movie has arguably one of the best <sighs> Superman scenes put the cinema. Oh, of course. No, the, no. You can't disagree. The airplane scene is one of the best Superman scenes in cinema. So you've just been kind of interested, like kind of been getting into, like, are you, are you, is there any other like superhero media that you've been getting into to kind of prepare you for this crisis on instant era? Uh, there's just... too much to go through, honestly, because <laughs> you have Black Lightning, Supergirl, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, who's apparently supposed to have a role. There's like too much for me to get into. There's too much media. But you've, you're excited. About I it. am excited, yes. So what I think, and I guess for me, with my uh, what I've been into in terms of the pop culture stuff, I'll 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 make it I'll make it relatable again. I'll bring us back to kind of today's topic. I've been doing a lot of cosplay again. Back into the cosplay thing, which has been uh, fun. It's been good because this is a cosplay I failed before very miserably. Like, it was it a very interesting uh, design choice. Died in the water. It's like you know, but we 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 figured out. We got over our hurdles, and uh, so I am working on Endeavor. We're trying to get that ready for Holiday Matsuri in December. Um, so if any of any of y'all that are listening, I know a lot of my Instagram followers do listen to this. Um, we will be at Hall Matt. Brad and I will be. So yes, sir. Definitely go Bro. check check it out. We'll be happy to be there. Mm-hmm. We got to get Duncan out to a con at some point. We do. Yeah. Uh, you do. If, if, yeah. yeah. If, 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 I agree. I I you agree. Come out if you do come out. It'll make the hotel much cheaper for all of us. <laughs> True. You know. Oh man. Okay. If it's a financial thing, like <laughs> it is a financial. All you had to do was twenty five dollars, man. Oh yeah. It'll, oh, thank God. God. So, been working on that and. uh of course, I've been watching uh, My Hero in preparation of this podcast because there's just, you know, again, we're talking about like, our favorite moments. It's like 88, 88, episodes, yeah. I think it's 88 episodes yeah. now. So, and, and I watched it subbed the first time. So I've been rewatching ev- not everything, you know, like some of my favorite scenes and favorite episodes in dub, and uh, just so I can kind of become familiar. And of course, it's like watching it. From a different light, watching right. a dub versus a sub is—it's a very different experience, and uh, I like them both. Um, <laughs> they're both really they're good. They're both really good. Oh, they're spectacular. Oh yeah. Would you say that when you were rewatching them, you rewatched your favorite moments? Oh, yeah, that I did. I absolutely did. 
And um, I will say, uh, and we'll, we'll touch on this later, but the moments hit different. You know, when I watched it in a different context, when mm -hmm. hearing the new voice, the different voice actors, hearing Sabbath do All Night um, mm -hmm. was super, super cool. Um, so before we get into, or we all do our last segment right before the meat of the podcast, which is, of course, our superhero news segment, which will be brief because we kind of already touched on it. Joker's out. And it's doing very well at the box office. It's doing very well in reviews. N nobody seems to hate this movie. This is just, it's just, I mean, people seem to really, really enjoy it so far. Um, it's still pretty early. The movie hasn't been out for too long. So, but I'm looking forward to seeing um, all the, the, as far as statistics go, I try to have my statistics up. All I know is the only thing I've seen thus far is that the Joker did uh, better in its first weekend um, at the box office than uh, Dark Phoenix did during its entire run in theaters. So there's that. I believe that. <laughs> was it 93 million or 93.5 mil its first weekend? And uh, Was it? For, in America. For Joker? Yeah. Pro probably. I didn't look that's at that. A, that's the number I heard. Okay, well then excellent. There, thanks, Brad. We've, for we've got a number. We've, we've got, got a number. We've got a number. It's supposedly already broken 100 million, I want to say Monday. Oh, or, wow. Or, or late last night. Yeah, Brad is a numbers guy when it comes to this pretty consistently. And it is definitely doing better than Dark Phoenix. So, oh, yeah. So, yes. Such a bad movie. And then, of course, yes. And then, of course, we um, have all of our announcements for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, Brandon Routh was recently announced. He's the most recent announcement for uh, Crisis. And I'm digging the suit. Oh, yeah. I'm digging the suit. I'm digging the suit. I it love looks the kingdom, amazing. The kingdom Come stuff. Yeah. That's rad. I love the black emblem. And honestly, we're bringing the tights back. Mm -hmm. We're bringing the tights back. Um, I forgot this thing with superhero uh, costumes, and I get why they do it the way they do. Um, all the superhero costumes, like going back forever, you know, just like when they started doing, rehashing this whole thing, even back to Toby, uh, Sam Raimi's Spider Man, they're always like super textured. And you know, yeah. as a point mm -hmm. to make it realistic, and it's uh, I, I kind of like just the flat, uh, almost lycra-looking um, suit. I just I like the not textured Superman suit. There's a nice kind of classic appeal to it. It has the Christopher Reeve vibe to it. Exactly. Yes, it does, exactly. which is a good vibe to have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's because Christopher Reeve Superman, I think it ages pretty well. Yeah, those first yeah. two movies are... The first are two are spectacular. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome movies. Mm -hmm. So anything that kind of harkens back to that is is totally okay with me. Yeah, I didn't realize how much I would like that until I saw the pictures of the suit. And yeah. when I saw that aspect of it, I thought, whoa, like, I'm glad they're doing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing about superhero suits. It's really, it's when you, oftentimes you hear it explained... Or you kind of see, you know, oftentimes you'll see action figures get released well before, like, you actually see the suit reveal. And um, it doesn't, you, you, it feels weird until you actually see it done. Mm -hmm. uh, we felt that way about Momoa's Aquaman. Right. We mm -hmm. did not, uh, and if I, we even, we kind of discussed it. We were like, I don't know how I like the orange. I don't know if they're going to pull that off okay. And right. And of course, it's amazing. It looked great. It looked right. great. So, let's get into it. All right. Let's start talking about... My Hero Academia. And there's a couple reasons why this topic was chosen. One, it's current. The new season is after a long, long wait. We finally have season four. Probably one of the most anticipated releases I've seen 
uh, come out of anything, any sort of <laughs> right. Culture. Oh yeah, like people have been talking about since the season three ended. People have been asking for season four because it's just been so consistent mm-hmm. on its way out. And it's such a massively, massively popular show. Yeah, it appeals well outside of the anime, the like your standard like anime, like the anime fans. Right. You know, not just the folks that are watching Demon Slayer. It's you know folks that enjoyed like avatar the last airbender nor like people that are more well adjusted than the average anime fan it has are, a lot better demographic boo. reach than a lot of um are really really into the show which is great and for a lot of reasons um i when you and i brad went to megacon we they uh, chris abbott was asked why does my hero academia do so well i mean it's done much better than any anime in recent memory why why this one and he was saying that they've got a lot of really great young writers that are very familiar with what western audiences want to get out of an anime Mm -hmm. and they apply those principles very well and i mean i believe it i've i mean i was hooked the second i saw it yeah we're we all are (laughs) yeah so how did we get so before now if you know if you're listening to this you know what this show is You've, you've, you've seen the show. There's no reason why you would want to look up our favorite moments if you've not seen My Hero right. Academia. S- that, that's a like sideways <laughs> spoiler warning. Yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah, again, we are going to spoil this for you as we always do. And um, so let's, let's get into this. So why, how did we get into this show? How did we kind of – what about it appeals to us and how did we find it? I yes yeah. yeah, since you're gesturing to me, yes, of course. the uh, audience pod, can't yeah, see of that. Course, but yes. I'm moving my hand um, towards <laughs> Duncan. Yeah, I remember when it came out initially. There was a lot of buzz. There was a lot of talking about it, and I watched a few episodes of season one, but I had a lot going on. I didn't really click. I kind of put it aside mm-hmm. until season three was airing, and we were talking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Georgie, I know you you mentioned it a bunch of times. I think this was around the time you were getting into cosplay. Yeah, this and you were right talking about Mega. this. And I decided, you know what? I need to actually sit down and watch this from the beginning and give it a full try. I actually watched the dub, and once I like watched the first three episodes, I was super, super hooked. I watched the whole thing in probably a month. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably in the same boat as him. Yeah. Yeah. It was um for me. It was definitely, again, it was actually right around when I was getting into cosplay because mm-hmm. I was looking, I was on Instagram, and if you have a cosplay Instagram, you just, you know just how much this show <laughs> has we, influenced everything. Everything and everyone. And so I, I was just kind of following cosplayers, just trying to get some inspiration on how I was going to start building my stuff. And everybody was talking about this show absolutely everybody and i figured okay let's why not let's 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 start it i hadn't actively watched anime at that point i think i had just been finished shippuden mm-hmm. uh, so my hero was kind of my was my floodgates into starting to really really get into this this genre mm-hmm. and i started watching yeah, I started watching. I think about twenty eighteen. I was late twenty seventeen because late twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, late around Christmas that year mm-hmm. is when you got into it. Yeah, yeah. Look at Brad coming in. No, because <laughs> I remember we were at the mall at this one store. And like that's all my and like who the hell's all my? 
Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and I started watching it and I think I had, again, I kind of pulled a Duncan and watched a lot of it very, very quickly. And sure enough, um, I had caught up by the time we'd reached the sports festival arc. So from then on, which is, by the way, if you're a fan of this show, that's a long time. That's an early on point to start waiting a week because it just got hard after that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was, um, yeah, it was an absolute, absolute journey. And um, super, super happy with everything that's kind of gone on since then and how it's progressed and how it's blown up. I mean, it really has become this worldwide phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you agree that perhaps pro- this is probably like the the biggest shonen anime. Oh, it definitely since, is. Since like Naruto. It definitely uh, oh, is. Oh yeah. There's no there's no context. Like there's that lineage, you know, there's you know, it's Dragon Ball, Naruto, and then right. my, my hero. This yeah. is definitely like, you know, people talk about in the past there was the big three of, of Shonen Jump and it was Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of that was it for a lot of people. And people talk about like, oh, there's the new big three of Shonen kind of but my hero is definitely leagues above the others in terms of popularity oh absolutely i agree so getting into this getting into our favorite moments we have to kind of describe let's rehash kind of what our definition of a moment is because this is this is difficult um, we ran into some difficulties doing this when we uh, were do- Duncan and I were doing our most badass MCU moments ahead of Endgame. Right. So to rehash mm-hmm. what our definitions of a moment are, we again we haven't discussed any of this amongst us. These are all raw, <laughs> filtered, and uncut for better or for worse. Um, what is a moment? It's it's the thing about anime is that it can't be a battle because battles last episodes mm. right that's like saying yeah go my favorite dragon ball z moment is goku versus frieza <laughs> right <laughs> it can be a part of that you could say your favorite moment is the part where he went super saiyan in yes that, right? exactly mm-hmm. that's what we're but looking we're, for we're gonna try to avoid like the whole episode where this happened mm-hmm. or this fight that took the whole episode happened. take away the broad concepts and just the bare bones exactly because right. the weird thing is uh, when I found when I was revisiting these moments is that with my hero, it really is best to do best moments and not badass moments because some of the best moments in this show they're like tearjerkers, man. Mm-hmm. Like they get you, they get you places. They 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 put your emotions in places. I don't think I've I've let an animated television show put me in a long time. Right, and uh. Again, it's just like it's an incredible show that produces the, those level of those levels of emotions, and I'm very excited to get into this. So the way we're gonna do this is, we've got our three moments. We were gonna do five, but of course, with the way these things kind of go, <laughs> Duncan thought it best to push it to three, and he's probably right in that regard. Amen. Because those five moments between Duncan and I lasted like an hour and a half. Oh yeah. So we're gonna try to keep it less than that. So what we're going to do is we're each going to list our third favorite moment. And there will likely be some overlap on this one. You say that. Remember we said that about the Marvel thing and there wasn't? There were like 15 distinct moments amongst our like our honorable mentions. and like I know. <laughs> which is good. Uh, and this show does produce some incredible, incredible moments. So hopefully... 
uh, we get a similar situation. But in the event we do have some some overlap, we, that won't be revealed until we reveal our our that whatever moment that is. So we're all going to go number three. Okay. Then we're all going to go number two. And then we're all going to do number one, and that'll be good. So let's start with uh, number three, and we're going to start off with Brad. Brad, what is your third favorite My Hero Academia moment? My third favorite My Hero Academia moment is when we first officially meet Katsuki Bakugo's parents in season three. Oh! That moment is so hilarious. Oh, it's hard not to include that What a weird list. choice! Like, he, oh, I love it, though. I, I love, love that. It. It, fits, like, it shows why Bakugo's the way he is, and it's yeah, just wonder. hysterical. <laughs> Like, literally, you try, you get so you get all the backstory with Deku and Bakugo how they just hate each other. Well, more so Bakugo hates Deku. <laughs> yes, but Deku's just like, out there then you wonder why? What the hell? Why does Bakugo have such a stick up his ass? Like, what's the, what the hell? <laughs> then you see, oh, it's his mom, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good moment, and I actually do love that episode in general because I love getting the backgrounds on all right. the characters because the characters are just so dense. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, there's a ton of them. There's yep. a ton of them. Like, um, you know, Duncan, you haven't seen the new season, but like in the first episode, they do rehash, you know, all the characters, and you realize they've got a lot of characters, twenty characters, and I know what all of them are about. Like, I know I have I have like detailed memories and opinions on all twenty of these characters, mm-hmm. which is crazy. It's so good that a show can accomplish that in like eighty-eight episodes. Mm-hmm. That's that's really something. Because I mean, it took Naruto upwards of seven hundred <laughs> to do the same, and um, <laughs> and uh, so true. Like, and I do love that. Yeah. I loved meeting. Uh, Bakugo's parents. I love meeting Momo's parents. And mm-hmm. All that. Uh, no, that's a really good choice. Yeah, you know, like that. Like I just saw that. I was in preparation for the podcast, and like I'm going through looking just comedic moments or just general moments for each character. And like, holy shit, <laughs> this is a really funny moment. Like I'm going to have it. So that's awesome. I'm glad because I never would have thought about that. Right. That's right. really good. Duncan, what about you? So my third favorite moment comes from the third season. Okay. Towards the end of the season, when Deku finally stands up to Bakugo and agrees to fight him. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I love that moment for a couple reasons. One, it leads to one of the best fights of the third season, Mm -hmm. I think. And a very satisfying fight because we've watched these characters progress from the the beginnings of their abilities to the point they're at now when they've gained a lot of power. But I also love that Deku finally like refused to be stepped on completely. And it wasn't just all of a sudden he was a Chad. It was like, Oh, I'm going to fight you. (laughs) Like it was more nuanced than that. Bakugo is his friend. It was more nuanced than that. And it leads to great moments with Bakugo and all might and the kind of, revelation of what Bakugo's real like mentality and goals are his desire to emulate all might too yeah. which, which we I didn't think, really know I mean, yeah we didn't really know that and that moment where Deku decides to stand up to Bakugo allows for that moment that's that's why I like that so much it just opens so many doors just from one one scene mm-hmm. and that's a thing because we know that Deku and Bakugo's relationship is obviously very very complicated right it's, it's not a one-sided thing um, there's a lot of emotions that go into the way that relationship is portrayed on you know on the screen 
and that moment adds so much depth Mm -hmm. and uh, i think it's really really great yeah the moment you kind of see deku because there are a lot of bakugo fans out there yeah no and there should be bakugo's a cool character obviously a really really great character um but it's awesome to see Deku like really like fire up and go, okay, man, it, it, it's coming. Like, right. It's nice to see him finally get a backbone because before right. he so go with the flow and like you know he's just not really he's very strategic, but he doesn't really expel his plans to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he has his moments like in the second season where they have like the was the cable car fight or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But like you know he doesn't really have a chance to show his backbone, his strategic brilliance really right and in that moment he finally shows why he's such a great character Mm -hmm. i like that that's a good choice so my third favorite is when uh, todoroki finally unleashes his other side that's awesome yeah that's a great moment there's a couple reasons why i like that um one it's because it's because one, it shows what Deku's mentality is in that fight. Right. It shows that Deku does have it out for other people. He's he's not always just thinking about him. And he, I love that mentality that Deku's like, if I'm going to win this, I'm going to earn it. You know, I'm not going to win because you're not going all out. We're all right. going all out. You've got to do the same. And at the same time, this is when uh, Todoroki kind of decides, I'm going to use this power, but I'm not going to be my father. And you see that he's he's truly it is truly him because he's not just using the fire he's using both sides right in a really great way and another reason why i like it is because it's the introduction of my favorite character in the show Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. endeavor and um when i see endeavor walking down the uh walking down the bleachers you know saying oh so you finally accepted it and you see his flames flare up it's just there's a lot that goes on in just those two minutes that Todoroki decides to totally unleash. Right. And it's awesome because you finally, you finally get to see more of Todoroki. You finally get to see... Another this, major fan favorite. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You mean like, you know, Icy Hot Sasuke in a sense. <laughs> and, right. um, yeah, it's just truly great to kind of see an otherwise, at one point, reserved character just go all out. Right. I like that that moment plays because there is kind of a big trope in Shonen where people don't go all out or they restrict themselves either purposefully or just by accident, basically. They restrict themselves. And sometimes that's cool. Sometimes it's kind of ridiculous. Like, Goku, the whole universe is at stake. Why don't you just go all out? (laughs) But in this moment, they actually kind of managed to use that trope as a narrative thing as... Not that it's not a narrative thing in other shows, mm-hmm. but it worked really well here. I definitely get why why that's your third moment. Yeah, which is and interesting that our third moments already, like, none of them are actually action-oriented. Right. They're all, like, little character moments. So that's, and it goes to just how much depth there is to this show. You know, we've, we've gone through three moments, and at this point, nobody's really thrown a punch. So, right. Yeah. Good on this show. Good. Good on this. So. So Brad, number two. Well, I had a hard time thinking about this one, so I came to a tie. Okay. A tie. You know. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll accept it. So, they're both season one. It's the ball test, with Deku. Oh. The ball test, and then the entrance exam when Deku punches the robot. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, yeah. for me, it was too hard to decide because they're both very similar but very opposite in the same time. So Sherazawa, who is arguably one of my favorite characters in the show, he's very Kakashi-like in how he does everything. And he's like, if you don't do this, I'm going to expel you. And he's like, Deku is just the funniest character. I love Azawa. I mm. mean, but like, you know, he's like, you can't keep using this quirk if you're going to break your body every time you do it. Mm-hmm. And like you see the power that All Might gives him, and he's just not ready for it yet, and how it breaks his body every time. And this time, it just shows why he deserves to be at the school. And the second time, it's just to show the power and just how far he's willing to go to save somebody, which mm-hmm. is what I really like about the character of Deku. It establishes the base the, tropes of Deku. Yeah, it establishes like what what makes Deku Deku like early on in the show. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. And of course we were introduced to Ochako at the, at that, during the robot punch. Right? Yeah. So another great, you know, character multi, favorite, multi-character involved mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That is cool. I don't, oftentimes I don't think about season one when I think about my favorite moments mm-hmm. because I mean, it's just cause the show gets better and better and better as it progresses. Mm-hmm. But it's, Obvious. I mean, those there's some powerful moments. Humble beginnings go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. First season had to walk, so the rest of it could like really run, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And the first season already was pretty much sprinting. Like it's (laughs) not like it started off weak and just got better. It started off at a high level. Like the moments you're describing are very good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, For sure. Even early on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Duncan, number two. So for me, again, for me, no fight scene yet. No punches yet. I really love characters that have to struggle to get to the place that they're at. I've always loved that. I think that My Hero Academia has one of the best training montages of anything. Movies, Western, Japanese, doesn't matter. The moment when All Might comes to the beach and sees that Deku has cleared the entire beach and beyond. So beautiful. It's so great. Like, you watch Deku do things that the audience can relate to. Georgie, of all people, knows that you can, in fact, in real life, pick up weights and run and eat lots of food. That's healthy, of course. And all that. And you see Deku do that. And you watch him struggle. And you watch him utterly fail multiple times to move these pieces of junk that are laying on the beach. And then when All Might sees it, because, I mean, from All Might's perspective he doesn't necessarily know Deku's going to succeed or not. Mm-hmm. He, he has faith in him, but that's the moment where it's like confirmed. Deku's not even, he has no powers at that point, and he's already able to do something pretty miraculous. Oh, absolutely. And I love the, the joy that All Might has from that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, going, My Hero Academia has probably done so much for training motivation I know. across oh. the world. I um, I remember when I was when I was getting into the show uh, I was I was definitely like on the on the be- on the earlier tales of my of my workout stuff and I bought a um, an All Might pop figure that I put right next to my bed every morning like so just so I had my own little All Might and mm-hmm. I I uh, because I saw it on I saw it over at Emerald Comics. One, oh yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I, I bought them because I mean. Shout out Emerald Comics. Shout out Emerald Comics, <laughs> probably my favorite actually, and um, it's it truly is amazing, because and 
it has these really accurate training moments as well. Like when Deku overtrains. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's something that people don't talk about. You know, I mean, Goku, it's impossible for Goku to overtrain or Naruto to overtrain. But like. Goku's a Saiyan. Yeah, so yeah. he's not human. At least not, Naruto, they have a few moments where it shows like, oh, he did too much. Yeah. Like, you know, out there trying to climb trees. <laughs> stop waterfalls with his hands. Yeah. All that nonsense. But like. All Might, when he says, you're reversing the effects of your training by overtraining. That's something mm-hmm. that not a lot of people consider. Yeah. And again, this makes it such a such a really, really great show. And I'm glad that, um, that scene in particular, where he moves all the stuff on the beach. Is yeah. But see, awesome. like, that gave you a connection to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you in real life, you work out. Both of you do. Mm-hmm. And that moment, the fact that it was depicted that way, the fact that they bothered to depict stuff like that gave you guys a connection to it, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. No, it, it gives motivation for running on the treadmill when you don't want to. <laughs> oh, oh I, have, I would be lying if I said that I have not, like, had, like, like uh, uh, my hero AMVs on the treadmill. Oh yeah, oh, you gotta have you say run going. You have to. <laughs> Was it the you say run? You one? say yes. run, yeah. Um, I. So my number two is an action moment. Okay. And okay. it is closely tied to yours. It is when it's this this exchange when Deku is up in the air. We're talking mid Bakugo Deku round two. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. mid mid fight, and this is like the turning point when Deku says, "I won't lose to you," and like nails Bakugo in the face, and then you think, "Oh, it's over." Deku's got it; he has to have it. You know, he's come all this way; mm-hmm. he has to win this fight. But it wasn't his to win because ba- when Bakugo resists the punch with his face, <laughs> and then right. the, and just decimates Deku. Like, it's John Cena. <laughs> exactly. Dude. In that moment. Because it was crazy because obviously you're watching it and you're, you're you've, you, we've all seen anime where like this is Deku's fight. He's got this. Right. He's finally overcome everything and is able to beat Bakugo. But he wasn't. That's right. So that just like because there was so much grit between both characters. Both characters at that moment were at their limit. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just to see Deku have that satisfaction ever so briefly, but then to see out of pure grit, Bakugo come back and mm-hmm. win it was just an amazing struggle to watch and ultimately ending in a, in a win from Bakugo. Right. Yeah. It makes both characters, because obviously both of them want to succeed. They want to get to, you know, that next level, all of that. Mm-hmm. It is really cool that Deku, we literally have like a number for how powerful he is with his, per- how much, what percent he can use. Mm-hmm. And I guess, what was it? It was seven. Seven or, or yeah. It yeah. was seven. He, like he goes up, he's, he goes beyond his limits in that fight and it's not enough, but we know he can do significantly more oh, yeah. um, <laughs> in the future. And it just kind of whets your appetite. It's like, not this time. But it is gonna happen. Yeah. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, if Deku. Sorry, hit, Bakugo fans. Yeah, yeah, if Deku but, like hit Bakugo with what he hit muscular with, right? He would have died. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that but, is an amazing moment. Yeah, I mean, again, just an incredible series of episodes. Those two episodes, the Bakugo versus Deku, but 
that moment was just one of the most unexpected things I could have seen because we all kind of assumed that it was that I don't know about you, but I, I thought that was that fight was Deku's. Like it had to be. That's the great thing about the show is it doesn't stick to your typical anime tropes, mm-hmm. right? Just, I wanted it to be Deku's fight. You and know, everyone I, watching it pretty much did. Right. I, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I've always been a Midoriya fan from the beginning. Yeah. So I wanted it to be his fight, but the fact that it wasn't was a cool, a cool choice. Yeah, I I agree. Okay, so. So number one. Oh, we're doing good on time. All right. So <laughs> number one. Okay. So again, I have a tie. I know. Oh. I know. Terrible. Oh. Terrible. But they're both Brad. in the... St- I know. It's My so, dude. Brad, but Brad if I had to pick one... Top five. I know. It had to be a top five. <laughs> that's, no, but, that's fine. That's but fine. We're here. We'll stick to one, and if you don't say you, it, then you know, I'll give it the other you know one. What we're going to do is... Yeah. No, we're going to do... We're doing good on time. I've got other like baby moments that I would love to list. Yeah. yeah let's okay. go. No, just go for so what you got, man. is Deku when he breaks his limits to beat Muscular Man. Okay. Like th- to me, that is the sole epitome of what a superhero should be and what a superhero should aspire to be. And number two is when Tokyo Tokiyami destroys Tokiyami, yeah. uh, Teeth Man. Oh, oh my yeah. god, <laughs> that was such a dark a, shadow. A dark shadow destroyed whatever Tooth Man's name was, and that was spectacular. Oh, those was that great. guy's name Metal Mouth? I yeah. think so. Yeah. <laughs> so. But no, I, I just thought that scene itself was cool. No, and both it de- moments are phenomenal. And it deserved a shout-out, most certainly. Right, but to right. me, if I had to pick number one, it's definitely Deku breaking his limits for Muscular Man. Dude. Yeah, Muscular is... That was, a, that was a crazy fight because multiple times we thought it was Oprah and Deku's. And every single time. Like, truly, at the end of that fight, I didn't know. I did not know if he was going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know... Like narratively, he has to because we're we're only so far into the show. Yeah. But you know, th- terrible things have happened to characters. Look at Batman versus Bane. Right. And have yep. derailed characters for forever. Extended right. amounts of time. And a, and a show like My Hero can do because it has so many characters. Let's say Deku lost that fight and was incapacitated for like twenty episodes. Mm-hmm. The show could literally just keep going with the amount of other characters. They don't necessarily have to let things go good just because Deku's the main character. That fight's a perfect example of that. Even yeah. though he does pull through. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we were all pretty I was like there was there was that moment where I was like, Yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's got this. I don't think it's his. I was freaking out when I first saw that fight too. I was sitting with my dogs. Right? I know perfect paint, place. Paint, paint a picture. Perfect perfect place. I gotta paint the picture. I'm sitting outside I'm like, no and I'm like <laughs> screaming like and the dog's like, What the hell's wrong with you? Like you're giving me the face, like what what are you doing, dude? We're sleeping. Oh my god. But it was like you legit thought he was going to get killed, if not worse. I like yeah, I have worse than killed. <laughs> he okay, could have lost gonna get super killed. <laughs> yeah, how muscular man was, it wouldn't surprise oh, me. Oh yeah, no. Hey, there's super there's fates death. worth worse than death. Batgirl. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Goes to hell. Uh, yeah, honestly, no, good choice. I mean, I figured muscular would make its way into our list for sure. So Duncan, what's your what's your number one? I was tempted with a couple of things. Mainly with fight scenes, because I feel like fights, especially in anime, have narrative purpose. Yeah. They they build characters. They allow for moments. There are some really amazing fights. I think my favorite fight is still All Might versus Nomu in the very first season, Ooh. just when he that levels on, Nomu. I said somebody has to put that on the list. That's not my favorite, though. Oh, That's not God. my number one moment. It, it was very tough. I wanted that to be, but there is a moment... 
that to me, even though it is not as good as a of a fight from a choreography perspective or just the sheer like badassness of it. It is badass, and it's Deku versus muscular when he goes when, when he goes one for all, one million percent, and just slugs muscular in the head and KOs him. It's such a desperate fight. I could actually, if I was going to differentiate myself from Brad, I would say the other moment in that fight that I think does could be at this spot is the moment where the kid uses his quirk to try to distract Muscular after so much had been made of him hating superheroes to protect Deku. He was willing... I mean, a child was about to fight a almost unstoppable villain. A grown-ass man. Yeah, (laughs) a grown-ass man with a crazy power. There was just so many moments in that fight and Deku's desperation in the sub and the dub, the actors both did an amazing oh, job oh, it's, it's blood of curling. his desperation. But when he finally gets the last hit in... Unstoppable. Amazing. It's a great fight. I truly... Yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough. And um, we're definitely going to have to discuss some of these extra mm-hmm. moments after because we're making really good time. Um I mean, great choices. I mean, uh, Deku versus Muscular is iconic. So mine is linked to, I think, a pretty obvious moment. But it's a pretty specific part. So obviously, All Might versus All for One is probably the flagship fight of this first phase in My Hero Mm -hmm. episodes of seasons one through three. And, of course, I love it. I love that right. United States of Smash moment. It's amazing. But I couldn't help. I was sitting here, you know, cutting out shapes for my cosplay, watching it on the TV that's behind you there. And they were the moment when that woman crawls out of the rubble behind All for, uh, behind all for One and says, you can do this all night. And then the entire city starts trying to cheer on All Might and Deku and, and Baku are crying and they're cheering for right. All Might. A single Morgan Freeman tear <laughs> tripped down my face and I found out this is my favorite moment in the show when they were all proverbially giving All Might his spirit bomb power right. mm-hmm. and giving him the power to defeat All for One. And it was tr- that moment when every character, despite their differences, is able to contribute to that cause. Right. It's just amazing. Endeavor, even, you know, revealed a very human side to him. And it was like, you know, if you can't do it, who can? And we see that very human side to Endeavor. We see that, that very brief flashback. And we see the parallels between his relationship to All Might and Deku's to Bakugos. And I just I, I can't speak highly enough about that moment. Mm. It's that almost that was almost my number one as it's well. Truly <laughs> amazing. Mm-hmm. What what an incredible because again that scene isn't the action part. It's mm-hmm. but in between, it's, but it's the highlight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely my number one, and mm-hmm. I think the most emotional moment. I think it is. Oh, it has to be. Mm-hmm. As far as. It's kind of interesting because, you know, we were both talking about the fight against Muscular, and that is a very emotional moment for Deku. Mm -hmm. But even though he is 
for all intents and purposes, the main character, I actually kind of agree with you that the All Might moment was more emotional because he's not the main character, but he's kind of like the heart of the show. He's the person that everyone looks up to. So in this moment where it looks like it's not going to go well for him, the fact that... Who can beat... Right. If he can't do it, it's going to be over. So the emotion packed into that moment, and I think... See, I can't remember precisely if it was known at this point that if he did win all out like this, he couldn't use his quirk again. It was stated by all for one. He suspected. Right. He suspected it. So the fact that we know we're like, we're, even if he wins, Deku's going to lose his mentor. Yeah. Not totally, but in a big way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, we, and you know, Deku is not the symbol of peace yet. No. He's so, far from it still. Yeah. And that's another thing. It kind of also showed where Deku's at because we know for a fact that Deku wouldn't be able to do that. No, there is no level of plot armor that would have allowed Deku to beat. <laughs> no, all for one. So it's, it, yeah, it just again it made it kind of showed just how powerful uh, All Might was and how much the whole city relies on him. Mm-hmm. How much everybody relies on him and always has. What I love about that moment in particular, especially is what comes after. Because mm-hmm. with the All Might, you know, ending, retiring, yeah. it has a very Death of Superman feel to it. it does. Yeah, it because, does. Because, like, you know, he is the Superman of that universe. The simple, like, yeah, the there, there, there's no one who could contest against him except for All for One, who is Doomsday's equivalent, you could argue. Yeah. In terms He's of He's like parallel. Doomsday and Lex Luthor. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's like once you lose your, your big gun, like, there's no other way to say it, like, Who's your next big guy? Like, right. and, yeah. So Endeavor, as powerful as he may be, can't hold a flame to all for uh, All Might when he's full power. <laughs> yeah, and that there's that there's that little moment after when you see Endeavor in like the weight room, uh, and everything's on fire because one, he's number one hero now, but that's not how he wanted to get it. Right. He wanted you know, to earn it. He wanted to earn it. Again, why I love that character. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. I can't wait. I know we're gonna get a great redemption arc out of this show. Um, manga's already the manga already it. has, but we you know we deviate from the manga a which lot is in true. the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, if there is any implication that they are going to give Endeavor a redemption arc, and I think they kind of have to because they've given yeah. hints that there's more to him. I'm looking forward to that. But um, what I also think is when I saw um, when he was like Endeavor's freaking out in the weight room there. Um, there's like a little chest press machine on fire. How does he fit in that? Like, <laughs> He's he huge. Never doing chest presses. That man can shoot flames. <laughs> Dude, that doesn't mean he doesn't need to be swole as yeah. well. Yeah. So, Bye. you know what? Let's go into it. We've, we're only 45 minutes in. Let's, oh, really? Yeah. Really? So, Dang. there are some other moments I'm sure that we wanted to list. Okay. I've got one going to talk about Endeavor because, you know, I love character moments and I, we all have our favorite characters in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Endeavor's was basically based in the design for me. And just because he's got a beard made of flames, that's fucking cool. I don't know right. how to say that. Like, <laughs> um, probably one of the most, the most interesting character designs I've ever seen. And I grew to like the character m- more after we get past the whole beating his child situation. Um, yeah, the redemption arc will have to do a lot yeah, for uh, it, that it's, part. It's going to yeah. be a very interesting. But we see how human he is and where his priorities lie. Because in this moment here, 
when he um, single-handedly takes out not one but two Nomu. The first one when he um, when he like literally grabs a Nomu. He like palms it, yeah. And just blue flames the face off. Obliterates the Nomu. But then the other one, I forget. I think it was just like a civilian. There was like a flying Nomu that grabbed one by like he runs on the wall and just like flame air flame spears it in the the face yeah which i thought was really cool because i mean if we didn't have these moments endeavor would just kind of be a villain pretty much yeah these moments weren't there endeavor would just be a child beater (laughs) (laughs) which would be terrible but these moments humanized him for me and i really really enjoyed that his priorities are with saving people Mm-hmm. I like that, especially when like he delegates the responsibility. He goes, all, he goes, when All Might's like, "Are you okay?" He goes, "What are you talking about? You have to go stop that. Guy. We've got it here. Go, like, right. do the thing." I think Endeavor's a good example of something that isn't. It, it's something people should think more about when they're writing. Good and nice are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could be good. And be a dickhead. Yes. And I think Endeavor is a pretty good example of that. Yes. He oh. is good, but he is also a massive jackass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. See, what I like about him so much is the fact that he's the typical Vegeta archetype, mm-hmm. but right. he's done very well. Like, mm-hmm. y- literally, his relationship to All Might is almost that of Vegeta and Goku. It's a great rivalry. He, he knows who, like, you know who is stronger, and they know who is stronger, but they still butt heads because of the number placement they're at. Mm-hmm. Right. And just one's ego is a lot bigger than the others. Yeah. And it's arguable whose ego is bigger than the others because <laughs> all of has a big ego. Yeah. Absolutely. I am here yeah, and well, I will burn all, your face. Like yeah. this. <laughs> well, all Might's ego is it's deserved. It's yeah, like he's much. literally he could fleece anybody he wanted to up to that point. So Brad, you listed a number of moments. Yes. Uh, are there? I'm sure there were other ones that you really wanted to put on your list. Uh, so this one's not really a moment per se. But it's like I guess you can say a combination of moments. Yeah. It's the Todoroki versus like that one school in the uh, the license arc. Oh, when, yeah, when like dude. that one school, like that one class takes on Todoroki by themselves and utterly fails. <laughs> it was dude. it was amazing. No, Todoroki rocks, and yeah. that scene shows it. Mm-hmm. But it also shows his flaws. Yeah, you know, he's there's, there's a, a loner. There's a little endeavor in there. There's like, yeah that that arrogance that can say I can do whatever the hell I want, mm-hmm. like. But he just utterly destroys that class, and it is spectacular. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mm-hmm. love that. That arc was interesting to me because it, there were some lulls here and there. You know, Right. The I, show is not breakneck. No. Just stuff's happening every second. And there are so many characters. There are some that are more appealing than others. Like, when they, like whenever they pan to... Oh, uh, what's his name? What's the guy with the uh, with the tape on his elbows? Shiro. Yeah. Sh- oh, yeah. I don't care about him. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> like, whenever they go, I don't care what tape elbows is up to. Like, he's cool, I guess. Yeah, they're all cool. Yeah. You know? But no, yeah. I... But realistically, should all of them have passed? Like, I know that's plot armor, but come on, man, Mineta. Uh, there is no way in hell he should have passed like he did. That, no, yeah, Mineta. No. Mineta is cool. He <laughs> could definitely pass. Yeah, Mineta. Yeah, Mineta no, does have. Mineta is kind of OP in that regard <laughs> because he just can't be beat. He's like Squirrel Girl. He's like Squirrel Girl. He's like Squirrel Girl plus Jiraiya and Master Roshi, but only in their treatment of women. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, how, like Squirrel. 
Squirrel Girl like technically like beat Galactus yes. by saying that he should eat like more nuts because they've got tons of protein in them. Like Mineta's just Squirrel Girl, and that the plot's going to allow him to keep on going. Right. In the event that he does die, it will be probably the most shocking death of the entire show. <laughs> Talk about plot armor, dude! I would most. miss him. Yeah, uh, honestly, like um, Mineta is great for me because Denki exists. Like <laughs> yeah. Kevin Dari, like Mineta would just be Mineta is a is a massive pervert, and so is Kaminari. When they're together, it's kind of sprightly. It's like ah, yeah. oh, those guys. That, that's the first episode of season three at the pool. The pool. Oh that yeah, is dude. Such a that episode's hilarious. I watched the pool episode in preparation for this. And I'm a lifeguard. That episode is utterly hysterical. Yeah. Oh my and goodness. Whoever voices Minette, that's a great choice. Mm-hmm. Like that's because his voice is it's it's definitely like he's a goober in the in the in the in the sub, but like mm-hmm. that's a great choice in the dub for sure. Mm-hmm. What about you? Are there any other moments that didn't quite? Of course, there's several. Um, <laughs> the entire show. I'm trying to decide. There's two. There's two I want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Hit him with us both. So the first is when the League of Villains kidnaps Bakugo because they think that he can be turned into a villain. I love this because at that point, you don't know Bakugo's motivations. It does kind of seem like he could be a villain. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. It definitely, in a different show there would definitely be the path that i mean for instance naruto see we're spoiling lots of shows in in this yeah. podcast yeah we don't we don't mess around <laughs> our spoiler no. warning is for everything we've all ever seen oh yeah tony stark <laughs> dies in endgame yeah <laughs> dude for real no like sasuke more or less becomes a villain in naruto the rival kind of drifts away he goes to orochimaru for a good two-thirds of that, of that show for like yeah. two-thirds of the show and then he tries to kill naruto immediately after oh, yeah. they briefly teamed back up right my hero doesn't do that though because that is when baku goes like no i'm gonna be a hero and attacks the entire league by himself and then All Might and everyone shows up to like save him mm-hmm. but the fact that he was so willing to just fight everyone it, I definitely get the Bakugo love that he gets. Yeah, I think that that you, Bakugo was a tough character for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think that and, you know, getting into there's the reasons why the characters exist the way they are is very, it's very dense and the um, it's interesting. I think your favorite characters are kind of determined by what you get out of the show. For, you know, for me, you know, being like, you know, a skinny little kid that was in a school full of like, you know, like, you know, sports folks in, in middle school. I, really I was going to say you mean in high school? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was no. going to dispute that. No, in high school, we uh, we related heavily. <laughs> we were, we, there was nothing. There was... <coughs> what? They just announced who Catwoman is. Oh, wow. How about that? Well, breaking news here on the Bearded and Dirty podcast. Apparently, Zoe Kravitz is playing Catwoman in the upcoming Batman movie. What? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, sorry to break No, the no, huh? I'll have to sit on that. Off-brand, that, off-hand, that doesn't sound bad. I'm, I'm okay. No, I'm, okay I'm, with that. No, that sounds, I'm pretty fine with that off-hand. No, Zoe Kravitz kind of rocks, so... Um, yeah, I'm about that. Heck yeah. Thanks, Brad, for the breaking news. I appreciate that. So, going, going back. My name is Special Reporter Brad Burke for At Your Service. Yeah, Brad, you're, you're, you're going to be on here more often. Um, <laughs> I like 
I like Deku, and I think a lot of people you, – you had talked about this. I didn't really understand the Bakugo love at first because Bakugo was a dickhead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bakugo is a massive jackass for a lot of the show. Yeah. So I, I, I was almost mad that people liked Bakugo as much as they did because I'm like, are you really going to sympathize with this person that treats this, this, this poor boy like absolute trash? And then cinnamon roll, too good, too pure for this world. <laughs> Are you really gonna, really gonna like allow this man to hate on boy broccoli like this, dude? Yeah. Like, so, so real quick then, question, real yeah. quick question to break your thought. What's the moment you started liking Bakugo? Uh, that one. That one. That uh, one. That uh, I would have to say. Because mine is probably completely different than both y'all's. I really liked. I really started to like Bakugo. When they were when they were um, when the League of Villains attacked the training site. Oh yeah. Oh, yours is earlier than mine, and mine's mm-hmm. a sports festival when they gave him the medal. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> not, not because the scene's utterly hilarious, but to me it shows like he wanted to earn that win against Todoroki so bad. It showed to me there was more to him than what actually has been shown so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for me that moment was, and that's a good transition. I liked Bakugo because. Um, there was the moment when he was talking to Kirishima um, when they had just d- obliterated the, 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 like the, uh, the potatoes that chose to attack those two because like the absolute scrubs that were just wasted by Bakugo and Kirishima. Mm-hmm. And Bakugo was saying, well, these guys are probably just like scrubs. We were easily able to take them out. But the ones that are going after um, – the ones that are probably going after Deku and All Might are probably far more powerful. So we should mm-hmm. get over there right away. Right. Mm-hmm. And Kirishima says, when are you this cool and relaxed? And then Bakuko, of course, goes full Bakuko and starts yelling at him. But I was, I was, I was thinking, like, that's, 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 that's good thinking. That's tactful. And mm-hmm. – what does Bakugo want to do? He wants to go help. Yeah. He wants to go help Deku and All Might. He's not afraid of the, the, the threat of being yeah. defeated by someone super powerful. Mm-hmm. He's willing to just throw himself in there. Yeah. So, and it was then that moment and I was like, okay, okay, I get it. And there were moments during the sports festival as well when, when Deku, when, uh, and when Bakugo was in the audience and just kind of talking and explaining why Todoroki is doing what he's doing and why Deku is doing what he's doing. And I'm thinking, like, there's not anger here. This is... He's thinking mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. And I I began to see more depth in that character. I liked Bakugo a lot more after that. And, of course, what an incredible redemption arc. Mm-hmm. Just awesome. So, yeah, I, I began to see it. And I'm sure, like, you know, that people... And not to say that Bakugo wasn't great before that. It was just that was the moment I began to see it. I liked him as a character from the beginning. I just didn't... I didn't empathize with him. Yes. Right? Like, I found it difficult... Like, I thought, oh, he's a well-written character. He's interesting. But he is a massive jerk. And I don't like him, quote-unquote, the mm-hmm. way that I really can empathize with Midoriya and his struggle and all that, I feel like that's more close to home. That's why I loved when they started to show us more of Bakugo, and eventually when he just decided to fight everybody and reveal that, no, he really does want to be a hero, I thought, okay, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I'll go with that. Yeah, I really do enjoy Of course, Bakugo is a great character. There's a, such a great cast of characters. Another really great moment that I think shows one of my favorite characters that does not get a lot of love. Mm-hmm. I love Asui. I love I love Sue. 
I mm-hmm. think that she's really, really great, and she also really shined during when, when the League of Villains attacked the training facility mm-hmm. because you got to see, oh, she's good. Like, she's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, when you think about it, she's never really – there's only one moment when they, like, turn down the temperature to, like, really, really cold levels. And, of course, since she's basically a frog person, right? Um, she, like, you know, shut down. But that was the only time we've seen her get beat. She's kind of never been beaten. Right. She's also super smart. She's mm-hmm. she's very perceptive. She's a super well-written character, I think, because she bounces off of everyone else. She's able to, like, pick up on things that other characters don't and bring it into the story more directly. Like she could have easily been a joke character. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that she's kind of intended to be, at first glance, a joke character. Like, she's a frog person, ha-ha, her power's kind of ridiculous, but then they show us, like, just because your power's a little bit silly doesn't mean it's not super effective. Oh, yeah. So here's how I view uh, Osley, right? Mm-hmm. Have y'all ever seen the show Survivor? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah the, of course. So I feel like she fits in that show perfectly, and I'll explain why. <laughs> Is it out of the left field? Absolutely. We're, yeah. making, we're making faces, <laughs> you know, guys. You don't see that. Now that I think but, about it, the amount of Survivor I watched at your house when I was like six... My dad's addicted to that show. There was show. a lot of, We watched a lot of Survivor as kids. Anyway, Whoa. to get on with the point. <laughs> so, like, Asli, she's the very social butterfly. Yeah. Right. But she knows, like, in the game Survivor, you have to know when to pick your, your cues. And she picks her cues perfectly every time she does. Mm-hmm. She's social when she needs to be social. She's violent when she needs to be violent. Mm-hmm. And she's aggressive when she needs to be aggressive. And she eats stuff when she needs to eat stuff. Oh, shit. But, <laughs> like... To me, she's like the perfect social character that balance. She's the core. To me, if you had to pick a core character, it's her. Mm-hmm. If you take Deku out of the equation, she is the core character of that class. Because yeah. no one else would hold that class together like she mm-hmm. did. Oh, for sure. Like, there's like, definitely in that sort of... She was definitely ranks amongst top five. Like, if I had to pick somebody to go against, like, an incredibly powerful villain... I would put Sue in there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, after, you know, Deku. She's, she's got Bakugan. the training and yeah, all that now. Exactly, Todoroki. Who was her? Who'd she do her internship with? Uh, some seal. The the seal guy. Remember she fought the pirates? Oh. The mariner. Oh, that like was that. cool. Yeah, I liked him. He was cool. Um, uh, it makes sense. You know, he basically, she basically did an internship with another animal person. Like Gang Orca. Gang mm-hmm. Orca's raw. That's a coolest. That, that, I love That's the coolest, coolest best name. <laughs> That's an awesome hero. Yeah. His he, design, I would argue, has some of the best like best design. Oh, yeah. My hero. Because he's cool looking, and mm-hmm. he's like an orca person. Mm-hmm. I know. I love Our, the descriptions here. Yeah, he's just like a seal person. Yeah, a seal guy. We're, we're, this is the creative writing team yes, absolutely. here. We write the best descriptions. This is why our novels are going to be world sellers, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, but speaking of characters, there's a moment with a villain that I really like. Because we, don't talk like, about the villains we so haven't much. talked about the villains. We're. I like this podcast. We're just kind of we're just kind of yeah. going on, just saying stuff. I like it. The moment when All Might goes to visit All for One in prison, oh. and All for One explains to him how the world has changed. Mm. I love that moment. All for One. For one thing, there's no way we've seen the end of him. No, like that's that cannot be it. There's no way that little prison cell is actually holding him in. Yes. Um. He is a villain who always feels like he's in control. Like, he never feels like he's somebody's, you know, got one on him. He always feels like he's in control. And even when he lost and got put in prison, 
He's still in control. He's very calculating. Exactly. That's why I think the Doomsday plus Lex Luthor thing, I think you're definitely right about the Doomsday part. He's definitely physically extremely powerful, but the fact that he's so smart and calculating makes him very dangerous. And just his kind of, not smugness during that scene, but his kind of assurance, like, no, the League of Villains is going to do great things. I don't need to be there. I trust them. They've got this. Don't worry. You guys, you guys can deal with that. Like he's content to just hang around in prison and let the League of Villains do stuff. Yeah, it almost parallels. And here's the thing there we've seen in especially in superhero films, that scene, that very scene not go well. Mm-hmm. You know, let's look at the end of Venom when we see little orphan Annie and in the prison cell right like there's that and of course maybe yeah exactly and then let's think about the end of bvs right prison mm -hmm. cell prison scenes in superhero films don't tend to do good have a rough recent history but this was awesome Mm -hmm. it's because it because you see how powerful he is you almost know when he gets put in like the truck you're like I'm like, they're going to put this man in a truck I know. and drag him off to like a prison cell? Like, All right. <laughs> to be fair, that happens more in this show than I think it should, where somebody who's like nearly unstoppable, like the very first new- Nomu that All Might had to use more than 100% of his power to defeat, and they literally put hand- giant handcuffs on his like <laughs> yeah. 11 foot tall body. He probably weighs 4,000 pounds, and they put him in like a car. It's like, okay, man. Get a helicopter to control this guy or something. Yeah. Like, I'm like, saying, I mean, you know what? Un- shining, shining stars, unspoken VIPs in this universe. The police, dude. I know. Oh my god, they're just like the quirkless police officers. They're just out there having handcuffs of varying sizes. They're the best dude. police I've seen. Like you know, DC and Marvel, their police suck. Oh like, my like, god. Like, if you replace them with the My Hero Police, that world, like Marvel, you don't need the superheroes. Well, they've got like. a system. Like, <laughs> right. he's got it down. Like, okay, yeah. Like, well, they have that ideal Tony Stark world where the where the everyone's registered. Yeah, yeah. everybody's registered, right? You've got One Punch Man. You know they've got they've got their heroes based in classes, which of course is not necessarily a uh, not necessarily an original thing. But it kind of goes to show, you know, why I was why I was Team Tony in a uh, Civil War because the system works. The system works real well. <laughs> like it works for One Punch Man. It works for. <laughs> that doesn't mean it would work for. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, yeah, the I mean, UN I mean, is I mean, different than they, personal freedom. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Well, Thanos would probably, given his, what he's capable of, would yeah. probably destroy... He, yeah, all you have to do is snap pretty much All Might out of existence in theory. Who knows? If, if he was one of those lucky no, few. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think that the, the police obviously are like... <laughs> I kind of wonder what the police are doing there, but I'm thinking... Oh, my doesn't need to be putting people in cars. No, that's beneath him. Yeah. Every good superhero just beats them up, incapacitates the criminals, and leaves them for the police. And a lesser that's... hero shows up to do the paperwork. Yeah. Right. You... <laughs> yeah, he hangs them up uh, from a light post. Of course. Or ties them up and puts them in a corner or a dumpster or whatever and writes a nice little note with a symbol on the bottom of the sticky, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it's done. Yep. No, I like that. The... Uh, so I feel as if we've kind of we've kind of listed our moments. I feel like we've done what we needed to do. So that being said, I think that now is a good time to kind of close things out. Yeah. Yeah. So 
wrap it up. My Hero Academia, it's a great show. Cannot wait for what this season holds. And we'll probably be discussing My Hero in the future. There's just so yes. much to this show, and I would be shocked if we didn't bring it up more often. Absolutely. And um, coming up, we've got some really good podcasts that we want to discuss. Joker, we'll be doing a Joker review. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, Brad and I uh, are, as uh, Duncan suggested, actually a really great one where Brad and I kind of talk about the beginning of our cosplay journey and how people who have never cosplayed can get started because who better than us absolute noobs to <laughs> <laughs> to explain to other noobs how to do it um so yeah lots of really great stuff coming out and uh we're looking forward to being a little bit more active here as uh we begin to try to find time in our schedules thank you guys so much for listening yeah we, uh, we really appreciate it yeah, yeah yeah thank you all right so go beyond plus ultra we're out. Peace.